0: Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. So glad that you joined us for another episode regarding the armor of God. The armor of God. Remember, the purpose of this podcast is to learn to fight the fight of faith in an adverse world. We live in a world that is ruled by the devil and his minions, and we must learn how to fight the fight of faith. We've been looking at Ephesians chapter 6. If you have a Bible or if you have an ability to do that, if you're driving right now, of course, don't get your Bible out or get your app up, just listen along. But uh, we're in Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, we've been, we looked at verse number 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We looked at God's provision last week. And uh, we look at, uh, looked at also the purpose of why we need this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is why we need the armor of God. And we see that in verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now, I know we kind of jumped right in there to have a little bit of review. Give us a little context of what we're talking about. And today, we're going to learn about the first part of the armor of god that is mentioned in verse number 14 and we see repeated several places is we need to stand the purpose of the armor of god is to give us the ability to stand against the lies of the devil the influence of the devil and the attacks that he's going to bring our way there is no other way to succeed and to win the battle unless you have the armor of god we are incapable There is no telling God, hey, I've got this. We've mentioned David and Goliath last week, and really that is a great illustration and example of how outmatched we are compared to the principalities and the rulers of darkness of this world. We are outmatched, and there is no way that we can win. But God, in his sovereignty and in his infinite power, has provided a provision for us, the armor of himself, the armor of God, to give us, so that we might be able to stand. And so this is a great way for us to break down piece by piece. And every week over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break down piece by piece. And verse number 14 says, stand therefore, okay? You can stand if you have these pieces of the armor. You can win if you have these things. Having your loins girt about with truth. So pause there. That's all we're going to look at this week. And really, I could spend couple of weeks on this one alone but we're going to unpack this very quickly so your loins go about the truth so loins of course is uh, your waist area and this is talking about a belt uh, so remember the armor that we're thinking of here description given this in the book of Ephesians the context is Roman armor and uh, Roman armor uh, was the the whole armor uh, whether it be the weapons or be the breastplate or different things like that, the shield, were all held together by a very thick uh, leather belt. Very, very thick. That was the uh, utility belt, if you will. That was the number one thing that they had in order to hold their entire weaponry together, whether defensive or offensive. And right here, God is telling us, having your loins girded about with truth, the belt of truth, the belt of truth. And today we are presented with so much truth, quote-unquote, I'm doing error quotations here right now, uh, because if it's not the truth of God's Word, how do we view truth that conflicts with God's Word? And some Christians are really confused about this. Some Christians are really confused on what absolute truth is. And I think what we have to understand uh, absolute truth is defined as an inflexible reality, invariable, unalterable facts. God's word is infallible. It is inflexible reality. It is fixed. Jesus said my word, that uh, my word is forever settled in heaven. We have to understand, do we accept that God's word is inflexible reality? It doesn't change. Another way we can define absolute truth is something that is true at all times and in all places. It is something that is true no matter what the circumstances. And in order for us to be able to stand in one place, we have to stand in the place where the Bible, the truth of God, Jesus Christ, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth of God and the truth of his word That is where we stand. So in order to be even before that belt helps us stand in the right place. There are people that stand in all kinds of positions, but if you're not standing in a biblical place, you're not standing in a place, number one, being saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, being saved through his sacrifice. If you're not standing in that place, you're not in the right place. You need to trust him alone for salvation, not trust your works or your baptism or anything else. That is where you need to first stand, and then stand. Don't stand on man's opinions. There are so many opinions out there, and we need to make sure we're standing on opinions, not on opinions, but we're standing on God's truth. And because God's truth is timeless, it doesn't change. No matter who says anything about it, it doesn't matter what the theologians of the day say, it doesn't matter what the scoffers say. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. The Bible says, let me, God be true and every man, a liar. Do we view that? Do we view God's word as true all the time in flexible reality? Uh, we are taught today that there is maybe multiple dimensions, multiple realities, and even in that those that are mentally ill, we should really, uh, we we shouldn't uh, encourage them to come to a fixed reality, but their reality, whatever their skew is, we know we have the, the gender, uh, reality now, you know, if you don't think you need to be a man, you can be a woman. There's so much twisting of truth that, well, you know, being a woman or being a man, uh, that is not in, uh, that is not fixed. That is not, that's flexible. That can be, that can be fluid, but that's not what God says. God says in Genesis that male and female created he them. And he repeats that in several places throughout the scriptures. So God said very clearly, hey, unfixed, uh, a fixed, unmovable truth. Truth that is true no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the culture is saying. It's true. And once we get that idea in our mind and we get it settled in our heart that God's truth is the only truth, it is absolute truth, And it will always be true, no matter what man may say about it. Once we get to that place, then we will have the ability to stand. You may have the other pieces of the armor figured out. You may have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, all of these things. But if you don't have the belt of truth, it all falls off, it all falls apart. So how do you view God's truth? Uh, there's, so we live in a relativistic world. Everything's relative. Well, that could be true now, but it might not be true tomorrow. If you view God's word that way, and actually, unfortunately, many people do, they, you know, we have the different Bible versions that are going on, and that while God's truth here is changing and evolving over time, the message of God is essentially the same, but how he presents it to mankind is forever changing. Uh, that is not what God's word says of himself. That's not what God says of His Word. If that's the case, then God's truth is relative depending on the culture, depending on all of those things. Uh, I was trained as a missions major, and one of the things that they teach you in mission school is that God's Word is true regardless of culture. Uh, God's Word is not a... uh, Yes, there is culture in the Bible. We, uh, We can look at the Hebrew culture and the culture of the day to understand some things, but the truths of it transcend all cultures in all time. So when we look at it that way, absolute truth, absolute truth. Do you believe God's truth? First of all, I challenge you with this. Ask yourself this question. Number one, is God's truth, whether it be with the word of God, essentially is what we're looking at here, the Bible. Do you believe God's truth is the only truth? And what I mean by that is The only truth, the only absolute truth. Do you believe? Remember, God has created other absolute truths, the laws of gravity. It's always true when you drop something, it's going to fall. That's absolute. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in the stock market. If you drop something, it's going to fall to the ground. That's an absolute truth. Do we trust in God's word the same way we trust in gravity? Or we trust in the laws of physics that God created. He created all of those. Do we trust in His Word in the same rock-solid way? That when God says something, it's going to happen that way. That when God promises something, He is going to fulfill that promise. When God says that direction will lead to destruction, it will lead to destruction every single time. But we live in a world that says, well, that's not true. We have Christians in churches saying, well, that's, I understand what God's saying, but that's not true for me. And, you know, maybe that'll be true for some people, but it won't be true for me. Then you believe at that point in the relative truth of God's word. And God does not say that of himself. God's true God's truth is forever settled. It is fixed. It will never move. God will never change his mind. He says, I change not. So number one, do you have, is God's truth the only truth? Okay, if he answered yes to question number one, let's move on to question number two is God's truth applicable to today? Is God's truth applicable to today? I hope you say yes, because if you have said, well, I don't know, then there needs to be some serious Bible study taking place. Everything that is going on in our world today, everything that will go on in the future can be addressed through God's word, whether it be morality, whether it be the gender question, really, which is an easy question to answer. Really, people make it very complicated. It's really simple. Male and female created he them. That's simple. There's no more debate that needs to be said about it. What God said is what is going on. Well, why do people have such confusion about it? Either they have had that belief forced upon them, they're forced to be confused about it, uh, but one has man not been confused about what God wants. Uh, We look at Romans 1. Also, there are those that just decide to go against nature that God has placed within them, and they go into a reprobate, sinful lifestyle. God still loves them, but at the same time, God explains why they do that. Uh, They've denied God. They've denied how God created them, and they do it on purpose. So we have to come to the conclusion, well, if that's the case, then we need to view these things in the proper light. There's no such thing as uh, Christian homosexuality, as some people like to say it today, or these different gender identities, male and female. That's it. That's a simple question to answer. We could go on and on with a lot of other questions. That go on when uh, you with be honesty or different things like that does god's truth absolute and is it applicable to today? if you say, well, I don't know, then you need to answer that question with an affirmative yes, if you don't believe god's is applicable and God's word is relevant to today, then you are in trouble. you are in trouble as a Christian, then you're going to view God's Word as not the primary source of truth you're going to seek alternate sources because you, well, I can't find anything in the Bible that's relevant to today, it doesn't apply. So I'm not going to go to it as my primary source. And that brings to number three. Okay, I believe God's word's absolute. Number two, I believe it's applicable to today. Number three, is God's word your primary source of truth? Is that the only place you go to for the truth for your life, the truth of the reality of what's going on in your life and what's going on in the world today? Do we go to God's word as our primary source for truth? I understand other information, things that we learn throughout uh, our lives. You know, know, reading, writing, and arithmetic, I understand the history, you know, science. But all in all, all of those things, God's word has much to say about all of those things. But when we come to living our life, is God's word where we go? Is that where we go daily to find guidance? Is that where we go to raise our families? Is that where we go to uh learn how to interact with our our marriage partner our soulmate our helpmate. do we go to the bible to know how to interact with our children to interact with our brothers and sisters in christ to interact with the world that has rejected god to interact with a culture that is completely hedonistic and gone completely to the devil and gone over to the lust of the flesh how do we interact how do we deal with that is god's word where you go To where you draw your lines. Once again, getting back to where you're standing. So I hope today that maybe, excuse me, I hope that we have gotten to a place. I hope what I've said today spurs some questions in you. Because we can think we, well, I stand with the Bible. Preacher, I understand what you're saying. I stand there. I'm in that place. I'm all settled on that. But really ask yourself some hard questions. Am I really? Am I really settled on those things? Am I really settled? Because we can say we're settled on those things, but if we have thoughts like, well, I wonder, wonder if that's really true. You know, God says to you, is that, really, is that really how it is? If you're asking that question, you are not in an absolute truth position. You need to approach God and approach His Word as absolute truth. <clears throat> I wanted to thank you for joining us today. So that's going to finish up for this week. Make sure you have your belt on the belt of truth. And we're going to look at the other pieces. We're going to look at the breast, breastplate of righteousness next week. But I hope that this uh, lesson today has been encouragement to you. Make sure you share it with your family and friends. Share it on social media. Text a link. We're available on rss.com. Also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much all the major podcast platforms. Just put it into Google. The Christian Soldier Podcast, and it'll pop right up, and you can subscribe on there. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode apologize that this week's episode was a little late but we did get it out and I hope that it's been encouragement to you make sure you, uh, that if it's been an encouragement to you please let us know send us a text uh, or email info at attbccolean.org it's in the description. go ahead and shoot us an email and share with us hey this has been encouragement to me I just want to let you know it's an encouragement. We really like that uh, maybe if uh, you want to text or call the church or uh, you can text text me as well. Uh, for those of you that know my phone number, uh, go ahead and text me and say, hey, this has been encouragement. I really appreciate the podcast this week. I know I, it would encourage me and uh, to know that we're making meaningful content here on the Christian Soldier Podcast. I pray that you join us for next week's episode as we continue on in this series. We'll see you next time.